Welcome to Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Star's daily sports podcast. It's Thursday, December 29th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. If the Chiefs extend their winning streak over the Denver Broncos, they'll do it against a new coach. Jerry Rossberg will be on the sideline for Sunday's noon kickoff at Arrowhead. The former special teams coach for the Ravens and other teams joined Denver this season as a game management assistant. Now he's the interim coach as the Broncos try to figure things out. That's not the only change in the AFC West. Derek Carr is no longer the Raiders quarterback. They're going with Jared Stidham. The Chiefs finish at Las Vegas the following week. We discuss these topics and more on today's Sportsbeat KC with star columnists Sam McDowell and Vahe Gregorian and beat writers Jesse Newell and Herbie Teofi. The show started as a Sportsbeat Live broadcast. It was great having all four in today. Okay, let's get started. Hey, welcome to Sportsbeat Live, our weekly conversation about the Kansas City Chiefs uh, with the folks in the media who know them best and with you. Please join in the conversation and talk Chiefs with us from sunny and breezy Kansas City, which is much better than sub-freezing Kansas City, which is what we've had for most of the last week or so. Um, full house, in uh, the, the rare full house here for Sportsbeat Live I'm digging it. And um, what's especially uh, warms my heart is to see Vahe, who was caught up in the Southwest Airlines malaise over the last uh, week or so. Vahe, good to see you. Welcome back. Glad to be back. A little bit of a drag, but uh, I think we got the least of it by switching airlines pretty quickly. Uh, I feel terrible for so many people stranded for so long. Uh, um and of course, uh, now we all have to look at um, <clears throat> how we do our future planning a little bit. Yeah, you remember um, uh, our old friend Therese Paler and I would, and you and, and others would play, uh, you know, hate your airport. And I think we need to amend that a little bit to, you know, <laughs> rip your airline. <laughs> that was that that whole sequence, that whole uh, segment was where we rip your airport. And we don't need to go into how Atlanta, Phoenix and all those places are so terrible. Um, <laughs> but we got a new one coming here. That's that's this is the start of a new day in every way. No doubt about it. Uh, we were um, uh, Kansas City not doing a great job keeping up with the final months of its uh <laughs> airport but hopefully we get the the new one nice and shiny new one in in march um and people will uh will forget about these last few months of, of kci but anyway hey uh yeah we got a lot to talk about with the chiefs herbie's got to bounce early so i'm going to put it right to him herbie k-state alabama saturday morning 11 a.m <laughs> what's going to happen <laughs> Ema, baby, I've been wearing purple since yesterday. You know, this game can go either way, but I think K-State's going to win it simply because I believe. Right? I believe. What are you, what are you, Ted <laughs> And unlike KU, when the game is on the line, I'm going to use the old Coach Jimmy McGinty line from the replacements. Winners want the ball in their hand, so he's not going to take the ball out of his playmaker's hands. Well, I'm really looking forward to it. This is, you know, first time meeting between K-State and Alabama. How much fun is this going to be? 11 a.m. On, on Saturday in the Sugar Bowl. So so much fun. And listen, yeah, I know I keep saying it. Got a lot of Chiefs to talk about. But what a, what a great week this has been for area college sports. Sam and I were at the, the Missouri-Kentucky basketball game last night. Never a contest. Missouri just blew out the Wildcats. And, uh, and I know Jesse Newell was – 
a very interested observer of the Liberty Bowl last night between KU and Arkansas. I've, you don't see games like that too often, do you, Jesse? No, I was thinking back as the game was going on. I was like, if KU wins this in like five overtimes, it might be one of the games of the year. But then I did forget that this year also gave us the Bills-Chiefs AFC Championship game, which, or I mean, that's fine, the AFC Championship game, the divisional round game with the Dewitt-Kels. So there's been some good games there, the World Cup final. So maybe there would have been some competition for an SB, but uh, pretty good first-world problems for KU football to have to, uh, you know, not win a bowl game in overtime or triple overtime. So um, that seemed seems like that program is on in the right spot or heading the right direction. Yeah, I don't know what was more amazing, the, the, the comeback that Kansas made or just the the – awful you know turnovers and the stuff that got them down what 35 13 in the um in, in the second half but anyway all right look uh like i said herbie's got to go so let's get the update herbie on mccall hardman does is this the week we finally see mccall hardman on the field well if you believe andy reed is certainly trending that way yesterday or wednesday andy reed said barring a setback and i'm paraphrasing here you know his expectation is that McCall Hardman will make his return from injured reserve in time for Sunday's game against the Denver Broncos. Hardman's 21-day window expires next week. So this is actually like their last week to actually look at him in practice and make that determination if he's ready to go. He dealt with the abdominal issue. He's lost weight. Andy Reid over the last two weeks has said he's put the weight back on. Uh, and, and so they're encouraged by his progress. If he does make his return, this is going to be the first time that the Chiefs have been full strength at the wide receiver position in more than a month. You remember uh, Juju Smith-Schuster dealt with a concussion, missed a couple of games. Kadarius Tony dealt with the hamstring injury. So they've been down to four over the last month, but then Tony returned a couple of weeks ago. Now you get Kadarius, uh, excuse me, now you get McCole Hardman hopefully back this week. And that sets up well because obviously the postseason is a matter of weeks away. So McCole Hardman, Trending in the right direction, barring a setback, should make his return this weekend. Blair, um, one thing that's interesting about McCole Hardman, and Jesse and I were trying to go through the math yesterday, is Herbie just mentioned that the Chiefs have not had all six of these guys available. Um, and you don't dress six wide receivers typically on game day. And so we're, we're trying to figure out what that means for who. Um, you know, whether it's, I mean, Justin Watson plays a lot. I think that's who some people might point to and say, oh, well, Justin Watson maybe doesn't dress on Sunday. He plays 70% of the snaps the past couple of weeks. We know Juju Smith-Schuster is going to play. We would certainly assume that their highest paid guy, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, is going to play. McCall Hardman's healthy. You'd like to see him in action before the playoffs start. You traded for Kiddarius Tony for a reason. Sky Moore's a guy you're trying to develop, so – either you have to dress six and you never use six wide receivers in a game or somebody's going to be left out and it's going to be an uncomfortable inactive on, on Sunday. If that's the case. Real quick correction, Sam, I went back and double checked myself. I'm glad I did for the story, but the chiefs had one game with all six of those guys. It was the Tennessee Titans. It was Kadarius Tony's first week. So I think he had like nine snaps. So again, this is different equation was, than it was. You're uh, right, Jesse. Was that the, was that sorry, was that the game that Fortson maybe was hurt? So they had an extra spot for I, I think that was exactly it. Yeah. So there is going to be an uncomfortable roster situation here. Uh, but yeah, there was one game where they did dress all six of those guys. But again, I think Kadarius Tony's role at that point was hey, he's gonna get in five snaps, ten snaps, that sort of thing. So very limited. Now it's different for him. You know, he's gaining snaps as the weeks go on. So this is a different situation for the Chiefs. And um, 
you also, I, I, I never want to do this. You cannot discount special teams. I mean, you got to look at these guys and who helps on special teams as well. And uh, you know how that factors into this uh, when you look at the big picture too. So this will be a fascinating roster uh, decision making, I think for the chiefs coming up this weekend with receivers and also the rules. I mean, we saw Justin Watson struggle last week. Will his, snaps go down will they trust somebody else on the outside uh sky Moore played pretty well last week but it got his least amount of snaps since week three so how does this all shuffle out mccall hardman by the way the lowest week he's had in terms of snack percentage has been 40 percent. so you're taking a guy again putting him back in the rotation who gets a big chunk of time so we'll see how this plays out for the chiefs i One think i has been saying that justin watson should be benched for a while now haven't you by this is just not true, and I think we all know everybody's All-American uh, will come through in, in conditions that are better than 25 below or whatever it was that day with those balls going off the hands. Tough he was, day for our guy. The only, he was the only one playing in cold weather last Sunday, I heard. Well, there's, well only, the, there's only one guy who can be the best receiver in Penn history or the best <laughs> football player ever. So uh, maybe by it's time to turn on Justin a little bit. Here. I, I broke down a couple of those, and it looked to me like – you know, the quarterback hit him in the hands instead of in the chest. And that's tough on those cold weather days. Um, hey, but, you know, one other thing about Hardman, too, and I don't know if this figures into it or not, but, you know, the way they treated him coming back has been pretty gingerly, obviously. I, I wonder if part of this formula, at least this week, is going to be he doesn't get more than 10, 12 snaps. Um, and I wonder if that – yeah, you know, maybe pushes back the bigger decision a week or so in terms of how they're going to look at that. They did the same thing when Kadarius Tony came back from his hamstring injury. They eased him back in, so it really wouldn't surprise me if this if they take that same approach that Vahe points out. Get him because Andy Reid did say Wednesday that the key now is to get him some game action. So you know, take that translation for what it's worth: five snaps, ten snaps, just to get him back into football shape. Just a real quick note, uh, MBS had his lowest total snap count percentage in a long time. He was in there for 40% of the snaps last week. So we talk about a lot of mouse to feed. Even that, even something like that is uh, a little bit different based on what the Chiefs have had in the past. So, uh, yeah, we'll see how any Andy Reid. Again, this is – I always talk about Chiefs' first-world problems. I mean, how can you have a better first-world problem than you're, basically your whole team is healthy at the perfect time of the year? I mean, the Bills are banged up. You go down the line, the Bengals are banged up. I mean, all these teams, the 49ers can't keep a quarterback. The Eagles quarterbacks hurt. And here are the Chiefs. Oh, everybody practiced yesterday in full participants. So it's a pretty nice problem to have. Look, that's a great point. And, and obviously you can't count on that. And the, the, the very specific part of the field we're talking about right now is the one that lends itself to imagination, diversification, and all the other elements that we thought they would – uh, flourish in this year. And even without that, they've basically been the top offense in the NFL. So I, I think that bodes pretty well for what uh, uh, that aspect of the game will look like in the, in the weeks to come. Well, I think Jesse saying that almost assures 12 chiefs uh, get injured over the next two weeks and uh, they, they go into the playoffs. There are no jinxes, no jinxes, no jinxes. That's right. Um, yeah, as Mike uh, tells us, uh, there, he reminds us, there's, you know, Clyde Edwards-Alaire who is injured and not playing, but it, it's almost an afterthought, isn't it, with him and the, the way the Chiefs are running the ball these days? Yeah, I would be, I'd be surprised if we saw Clyde Edwards-Alaire, certainly in the regular season, and even, I mean, the, the question there mentions the playoffs too, um, 
I don't know that if Clyde Edwards Hilaire is healthy that that he's he's necessarily dressing. I mean, we're talking about how the wide receiver room shakes out. You certainly don't dress for running backs on game day. And and you know, I mean, Isaiah Pacheco and Jarek McKinnon are solidified in their roles. The run, the Chiefs' running game has not looked better since they moved Pacheco to a starter. And I think McKinnon's workload is going to increase in the playoffs. There's some signs of that based on when the Chiefs get in tight situations in the fourth quarter that you see a lot of Jarek McKinnon. I just don't see room for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and he's also dealing with a high ankle sprain, which is a tough injury. And I thought Andy Reid, who typically doesn't elaborate on injuries, elaborating on the fact that Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is dealing with a difficult injury is a little bit of a signal, if not an excuse, that he's not going to be available um, potentially again this year. And look, I, I just to chime in on that point, I mean – this thing is really kind of percolating right now the way you'd want it to. Um, and I, I, I don't know why you'd gunk it up with something that's been a little haphazard. Um, I mean, maybe there's room for some, some snaps and rehabilitative moments to get him going, but I don't think that's prime time. Um, and I, I like Sam would question whether that makes a lot of sense in the playoffs when, you know, every snap is magnified. The only thing I will say about that, guys, is that Ronald Jones, my boy, is still dressing on game days. And so if you're I mean, if you're talking about a role for him, you guys just spoke to it very eloquently, which is the Chiefs have a great one, two punch. They like what they get out of their running back room right now. Is Clyde Edwards Alaire a an improvement over Ronald Jones? I mean, the answer is probably yes. So if he does make it back, if he does get through the injury, if all things break right, you probably activate him instead of Ronald. And so that there there's his role. But I think you all spoke to it. Um, yeah, this is this is probably just not going to – I don't think he's playing again this year, and I think Andy Reid basically said that yesterday without saying it, and uh, I think the question now becomes next year, which even becomes a question as well. Yeah, to me the question is, has he played his last game in a Chiefs uniform? Uh, that's, that's entirely possible. Totally agree, Blair. I mean, the, the way this thing is trending um, – it would not surprise me if we've seen the last of Edward Slayer. But again, I mean, that that's conjecture, but it's also probably educated conjecture based on the trend we've seen the back half of this season. Also, not to mention, I mean, Brett Veach talked about the old, hey, there's a seventh round run drafter guy's going to get a thousand yards this year. I mean, their draft a late running back little experiment this past year went pretty well. So if you need to draft another one next year with all these draft picks, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure they could take another stab if they really like a guy out there. Okay. Uh, often uh, when the chiefs are not playing the bills or the Bengals, we don't, we don't usually talk about matchups. We, we, we kind of frame it in terms of, you know, are the chiefs healthy? You know, if, if, you know, if they, if they take care of business, they, they should win. That's certainly, even though the games don't always turn out that way, see, you know, at Denver, Houston, uh, over the last uh, few weeks, uh, we, we just te- we just tend to frame them that way. But this one's a little different in that the uh, the next opponent will be the first, will be the head coaching debut, checks notes. Uh, Jerry, Ro- I think it's Roseburg pronounces, does anybody know differently? I, I don't. Um, I don't know for sure, but I think it's Jerry Roseburg. Hearing no objection, we'll continue with that. All, all I know is that it's giving me and Sam great hope that one day we will become NFL head coaches because <laughs> all you need to do is get your foot in the door, be the analytics guy for a head coach, be on the headset, and all of a sudden when they fire that coach, you are the guy. So me and Sam got a shot. 
Is, is that Dave Tobe's future to, to, to put away the special teams duties and, and become an analytics guy? Yeah, and hope that um, Andy Reid gets fired. Yeah, that's just the last piece of that equation. <laughs> it's well, only two steps. I mean, he's only two steps away, yeah. You know, so Jerry Roseberg, special teams coach really for the last 20 years, he spent a lot of that time in, in Baltimore, was with Cleveland for a while as well. Um, uh, thanks, Andrew. He's heard Rossberg on ESPN. I don't. I just don't know. I, uh, I, I apologize. I, I'm. I should have. I should have done a pronunciation check before we started, but uh, uh, I didn't. Uh, but so anyway, uh, a, a new coach, uh, coaching debut, and I think it was Andrew who who mentioned earlier, uh, or it was Rob, that um, sometimes teams just. You know, respond in that first game. Roy Williams used to say that all the time when there's a coaching change or an injury. You know, just everybody rallies. Uh, the underdog rallies. There's a there's a, just a different mentality, a different feeling. Um, I know the offensive line for the Denver Broncos is uh, happy that, uh, that there's Nathaniel Hackett's no longer the coach. Uh, at least I read that this week, and I don't I don't know. Um, the Chiefs fiddled around in Denver a couple weeks ago, didn't they? And, and uh, when, when Nathaniel Hackett was a, uh, still had a job with Denver, is there, is there any danger in this game for the Chiefs? I, I think, let's put it this way, as Patrick Mahomes said at, at the end of that Denver game, I, I asked him uh, if, if it's just human nature to sag a little bit uh, when you get up big, and he said shouldn't be, but he didn't say it isn't. And – I think what's really interesting here is there's these sort of canceling out psychological aspects here, right? They, they should absolutely be chastened by that Denver game. Last time they played them, they got to come out to play and put them away. Then, well, now they, they now they got an interim coach. They can't be that they weren't, you know, we were 27, nothing ahead of them anyway. And that, that was the real result of that game till we just sagged. So I, I think it's kind of a funny psychological stew going into this game. I mean, I think the chiefs are, obviously the better team by leaps and bounds. Uh, on the other hand, you know, we've seen that this Chiefs team uh, is, is a little sporadic in putting away games and, and you know, playing 60 minutes. So I suppose that's sort of you know, what you would think would be the coaching challenge to this team this week. You know, get here, locked in, play hard, run through the tape. Um, it, it, that, that's it. So I, I think there's a chance that, that – uh, Something funky happens, but I, I think it's very unlikely. We'll talk to the coordinators today. I think the one thing is it's unsettling for coaches, right? You get in a routine, you get in a pattern, you watch the previous week's film, you watch a couple weeks ago, and you say, okay, this is what this coach does. This is what their philosophy is. We know what's coming. You get a new guy in there, you just don't know. You know what I mean? Like you you can't – you can look at that tape, but you can't rely on it. And you're, you're right. By, I mean, there's some – I remember Jeff Saturday's first game. I was like, how is this going to work? This guy's never coached over the high school level and Colts come out and win that game. However, I mean, you look at what this is. I mean, what the chiefs are 12 and a half point favorites, 13 point favorites. I think the line moved further towards the chiefs when this announcement happened. So overarching, it's a good thing for the chiefs to have kind of this weird mix of what's happening with Denver in this particular game. So I still like the chiefs. I, I you know, we were talking about this earlier on the radio, but the Chiefs gained 6.4 yards per play and gave up 4.6 in the last game against Denver. And as Sam can tell you, I would tell you that 
you do that in a normal game, you're going to win the football game. Uh, Patrick Mahomes had those interceptions, which is what kept the game close. But this is a game where you would expect the Chiefs are going to gain about six and a half yards per play and the Broncos are going to gain about three to four yards per play. And you like your chances in those sorts of matchups. So could there be fumbles? Could there be interceptions? There could be. But you sure certainly like what the Chiefs have going into this game and potentially what they can um, do to the Broncos if they just don't have these costly mistakes or give up plays in crucial situations uh they should have a pretty easy time which is a great point a, a great thing to have at this point in the season well does anybody sam have an opinion on uh russell wilson and the, the the predicament that the denver broncos find themselves in uh with 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 him and and does is there a chance that he plays a little more free-minded this week? That's a Bill Self term. They they play free-minded, um, but uh, but how about Russell Wilson? Does he does he get a, a little you know, burst of of inspiration this week with the, with the coaching change? He, he actually took he shouldered the blame for Nathaniel Hackett's fate uh, in a story that I read this morning. But uh, the Russell Wilson thing that has the potential to keep the Broncos down for for a few more years. Yeah, I mean, the Broncos got rid of their head coach, who was a problem from opening night, but they did not get rid of their biggest problem. And it's going to be a problem on on their books for at least three years. Um, I mean, you could potentially get out of it earlier after two years, but you're going to be dealing with the aftermath of, of releasing him. Um, look, I mean, Russell Wilson doesn't move as well as he used to. He's a smaller quarterback that needs to move a little bit in order to have his success. He takes a lot of sacks and he's behind a bad offensive line. I mean, it's, it's the Broncos have so many problems that stretch beyond what seemed like sealed fate. I, I have never so quickly thought a coach's fate would be sealed as I did on opening night, watching the way Nathaniel Hackett um, managed, mismanaged the last minute and a half of their game in Seattle. And I think an instance like that loses the locker room pretty quickly. But I've, I think we've seen other instances in Denver throughout the season and, and that demonstrates that Russell Wilson has perhaps never had that locker room. And, I mean, we know how different that is when you compare it to here in Kansas City to where there is no doubt that Patrick Mahomes is the most widely respected guy in the Chiefs locker room. And it has to work that way in this sport. I mean, you know, basketball, soccer, hockey, baseball, like – the, the leaders are, are, are spread throughout the clubhouse and the NFL, it always works best when your quarterback is the go-to guy in that situation. I just don't think Russell Wilson necessarily has that personality. It's, it's interesting that Russell Wilson took the blame for this. The chiefs are a little bit to blame for this. I mean, the Broncos are in this situation because they were chasing the chiefs. They haven't beaten the chiefs. And what's the streak now? 12 straight, 14, 14 straight. Um, and therefore, I, I think that the Broncos, I mean, they brought in Nathaniel Hackett. It seemed like all of their plans signaled that they were hoping for Aaron Rodgers. They bring in a lot of Green Bay personnel. They build their team as if it's going to be, you know, the parts are going to be around this core of Aaron Rodgers. That doesn't work out. They go for next best, best option with, with Russell Wilson. And now they're kind of stuck. And it's all, like I said, because they're chasing the Chiefs and that they felt like they had to do something to, to go get over that hurdle. And, I just I think I don't think that's a very attractive job is what's interesting, because the Broncos could be in it. Um, they could be dealing with it for the next handful of years, not just the next year. 
That's a great point about this whole thing. I mean, it's now a quagmire in a totally different way. And to use another Bill Selfism, you know, Russ turns out to be a little bit of fool's gold. And this this has long term implications that I mean, changing one coach can't solve. And and that's uh, I love that point, Sam, about I mean, really, it's the overreach because of the Chiefs. Right. I mean, it's we got to do something radical. Oh, this is it. And oops. Two people have bought up Bill Self-isms on here, and one of them is not the guy who actually covered KU for, for a decade. <laughs> you got more in your repertoire, Jesse. I'm sure you can unleash something. We'll save the impression for a rainy day. Good deal. Well, speak, speaking of AFC West teams that have, uh, that have been chasing the Chiefs and have made big moves this week, um, <laughs> The, the Oak Vegas Raiders also fall into that category with the uh, whatever it was announcement that Derek Carr would not be the starting quarterback over the next two weeks. And this is, of course, the, the, the team that the Chiefs play in the final weekend of the season out in out in Vegas. So, Vahe, I think you and I were on the field for maybe Derek Carr's greatest moment um, at Oakland, Alameda Coliseum or Oco or whatever it was at the time. Uh, when, you know, given about 15 opportunities to score from the two, uh, he, he finally completed a pass. I forgot who it was. Was it to Crabtree? I can't remember who it was. But anyway, provided the winning points in the um, in the Raiders uh, um, with no time left and the Raiders victory, beat the Chiefs that night um, in, in Oakland. So that was um, yeah, that was something else. And I think it was at least three uh, P.I.s or holdings in a row. Um, and uh that was the peak for, for him, probably. <laughs> he, he, he beats Chiefs and Arrowhead right a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. We, can't, we, can't, we can't. For yeah, we can't forget the victory lap game. Yeah, yeah, the victory lap bus in the bus game. But yeah, and still and, looking, still looking for that bus driver. If you're out there, if you're watching, please call in. <laughs> <laughs> so, but but it's funny. I is, is my math right? I mean, they're still they still have an outside shot at at a at a playoff spot here, right? And they're saying, that's it. Um, we, we, we can't do it with this guy, right? That's fundamentally what they're saying. Well, he does have a clause in his contract that his contract for next year becomes guaranteed if he gets injured. Um, so it seems like they're guarding against that possibility. And it's a little bit of a, well, a lot of bit of a signal for the, their future without um, Derek Carr. But it's incredibly bizarre. He's, he's not even going to be there, um, not even on their roster. And again, another situation I think is a little bit doomed from the start with their head coaching hire. I mean, we saw Josh McDaniel kind of run Jay Cutler out of town in Denver. We saw him take a Colts job and, and, and then go back to new England instead after accepting a job. I don't know why they thought that that situation was going to work out any better than it has. Well, Andrew's making the point for me. Uh, you know, Sam, you talked about this with the locker room. Um, that's tough. Like, if you have a chance and you're a human and you're out there competing, putting your body on the line, it's 0.6% chance according to 538. But until that's 0.0, you quitting on your team is something that's going to be pretty tough. So, I mean, when you're talking about, hey, now you got a guy like Devontae Adams is comes to – you don't to play with his buddy and now okay you're benching him for the last two games i mean it's i, I just made this point on a ted radio it's it's almost funny at this point like 
Denver fires its coach, hires the interim analytics guy, quarterback disaster, salary cap hell. Las Vegas benching their quarterback to make sure that they don't have to keep him next year. Not sure about their coach, basically giving up on the season. Chiefs last week, topic du jour of the week. Can the holder get the laces forward for the kicks? I mean, can you talk about like a great time to be uh, potentially a Chiefs fan in this world where you're looking at your conference rivals and they can't do literally do anything right and have handicapped themselves for the future? And the, the, the main topic in, in around these parts is like, that, that holder's got to make sure those laces are the right way. You know, it's, it's probably a pretty good time to be in Kansas City. So the Jared Stidham era begins in, um, in Oak Vegas. That'll do it for today. Thanks to George Howard for putting together the live stream and producing the podcast. Also, thanks to our Sportsbeat KC production staff of Monty Davis, Randy Mason, Jeff Rosen, and Scott Chasen. Tip of the cap to Herbie Teope, Jesse Newell, Vahe Gregorian, and Sam McDowell for sharing their insights. Morning Sports Edition is where you want to go for your coverage of Missouri's victory over Kentucky in basketball, Kansas Liberty Bowl loss to Arkansas, and so many other sports events on Wednesday. Go to liveedition.kansascity.com for more information. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back soon with another Sports Beat KC, where we talk sports in Kansas City every day. Thank you.